podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite Wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. The boys are back in sound the alarm. Yell as loud as you can. It's a great day to be a Wildcat. Dust off that lavender from your closet. Day-Day Ames is a cat. We talked about it on the live show because his commitment happened just two and a half hours before we went live, but that isn't enough for the greatest set of podcast listeners on the internet i had to go out and seek out the man who follows and covers k-state basketball recruiting better than anyone i had to find one of the most attractive human beings to ever sit (laughs) at press corps at k-state basketball games and you know what he's someone i would call a close and personal friend it is one of my favorite people in the world you can read his stuff over at k-state online it's the man it's the myth. It's the legend, Grant Flando Flanders. Grant, how are you doing, my friend? I'm good, Scott Wildcat. It's always good to get on the mic with you. And shout out to you for being one of the best, you know, K-State podcasts out there and putting out content daily. I think that's uh, something not many people can say. And I feel like you're, you're, uh, you're a monster at it. And you're without your sidekick, Grant KSU anymore. And, and you're, you're, still, you're still kicking it out. Yeah, so uh, we're actually, uh, as this is going, we're on pace for our most downloaded month ever, going head-to-head with last August, which was Blitz Month, the only other month we have done one show every weekday. Uh, So that's going good. Uh, Grant, you know, Grant KSU, he's been on a few shows since he left. So again, for for all the big, you know, Grant KSU fans, especially since he's not even on Twitter, uh, (laughs) he's been on a couple times a month since he left he's going to be back on with in in august for sure maybe twice in august and then again he'll he'll always be around the show so while he may not be an official host he's always going to be involved and again once we get to august i'm going to be getting everyone who follows and covers k-state sports involved you know we're going to get your friends over at k-state online i'm going to get you back on again Mitch Fortner, the boys over at Aggieville Alley Cats. I'm going to have, you know, the full gambit of my friends who are also in the K-State content game. It's going to be fun. August is going to be great, but we're not there yet. And we have a pretty big recruiting win to talk about. Before we do, though, just a shout out to the Boneheads. Guys, you still can get 15% off using promo code Bosco's Boys, all caps, no spaces, over at home field. We're the third largest selling team of all time over on home field so if you want a cool shirt they got to bring on the cats octagon of doom shirt that's pretty good the emaw shirt is one of their all-time best-selling shirts of all time i think the eat them up shirt is my favorite but again get over there and also shout out to the bandos all the all, all the folks in the band like the band they have a pride of wildcat land shirt so go over there check them out promo code bosco's boys for 15 percent off 
Grant, let's get into this. And first, before we kind of talk about Day-Day the player or what it means or kind of like the historic nature of it, walk me through this recruitment because, again, it seemed like it kind of was not out of nowhere, but it's like, okay, this guy took a visit and no other visits happened. Just kind of walk me through the strategy and what this staff did to get him locked in and basically zero in on K-State after he took that visit. Well, you know, I think it was Jerome Tang just being diligent from the beginning. I think he even kept an eye on him while he was at Baylor before, you know, taking the job in Manhattan and, you know, probably kept in his mind that this is going to be a guy that I pretty much offer right away. And um, I mean, maybe he even talked to Scott Drew about it. Like, hey, don't don't go after this guy. I, I want let me have this one when I get up to Manhattan. Um, I mean, that's just speculation, but it'd be funny if that's how it went down, because he is that good of a player, top 50 recruit that I mean I think Baylor would even you know like to have in their backcourt um but you know right when he got the job there's the offer from for for Darren for Darren Day-Day Ames and I think that it was so soon after he got the job that Day-Day actually thought he was getting offered by Baylor so um that shows you know how soon that he was offered there was a few others that I can point out later on that were that were offered that soon after they got the job, but Day-Day was in that group. Um, so, yeah, they just stayed on him. I think, you know, that's what you do in recruiting. You call a guy every day to every other day and keep yourself, you know, in the mix with uh, Illinois was recruiting him. Marquette at one point was really recruiting him hard. Slowly but surely, I just think K-State stuck out more and more to him um, because Marquette was, like I said, the first time I spoke with him, Marquette was a program that was in on him. And then we get to Louisville and he's talking about how Marquette, uh, you know, isn't really involved anymore, which might just be because day day is showing more interest to other places like Illinois and Kansas state. And then, you know, um, he goes on his visit and without any other visits really planned, he did. I think he had an unofficial visit to Illinois in 2021 um, so he probably, you know, got a good feel and vibe for what that program is all about. And that's a, that's a program closer to home and stuff. So K-State beat out a top tier Big Ten program um, that's in his home state. Uh, and it was interesting. And he had, you know, other offers from Michigan State and Notre Dame, Oklahoma, which, you know, I, I just don't know exactly where they were at with his recruitment, but K-State really didn't care what was going on with the outside world and who else was, you know, showing him attention. They were going to stay on him. Jerome Tang, I think Dream Dowling, assistant Dream Dowling also helped, you know, foster the relationship, which was really important. Um, and when he, you know, got on staff or got on campus, I think, you know, the whole staff, Eric Malagy and um, the rest of the guys, Marco Bourne is always, you know, uh, Shout out huge... to my guy Marco. <laughs> Marco he's, is a vibe. Yeah. I'm all about Marco. He's a huge entity, I think, to this staff as well. And he's now recruiting. You know, he's out on the road recruiting for K-State, even though he's not a full-time assistant, technically. Um, because K-State still has that one spot open that I assume will probably get filled within the next, what are we on? Is it Friday? It's Thursday. So I bet you by this time next week, we probably hear an announcement for who could be the third assistant, which if you haven't been on KSO, maybe you've seen it elsewhere. Like, I mean, we, we've talked about it on the show. It, it's something Mocan. crazy happens, Mocan it's going to be Rodney Perry. Rodney Perry. Yeah. <laughs> which I mean, I've, if it doesn't yeah. happen, 
that's going to be like its own like narrative podcast series. <laughs> like 20 years from now, it's like Jerome Tang does his own like verbal history of his time at K-State. Like the Rodney Perry saga would have to be in there if it doesn't happen. Because again, I'm pretty sure he owns a home in Manhattan now. Owns a home in Manhattan. And I think that's pretty much confirmed by, I mean, not only, I, you know, I've spoken with Rodney here and there and he's talked to me about that kind of stuff. And, uh, also, you see him in pictures on their social media, or like, or not, or like uh, when the kids were playing, um, when the kids were having camps, you know, at K State. I think he, he was, you know, shown in a few pictures here and there. So, I, I think it's pretty clear that he's already, you know, um, at least around. He's not official yet, so he can still be a part of MoCan and coach that way, and and be an asset that way. So then next week when he gets announced he'll have to start you know following the rigid rules of what college coaches have to go through so I think it is honestly a good play by Jerome Tang uh, to, to be able to have a guy you know I know people are like oh Rodney Perry's not doing anything yet uh, well he really I mean technically he probably can't I'm sure Jerome Tang doesn't want him really doing anything yet because then you're going to have troubles with uh, um, people you know thinking that's a little sketchy it could be illegal and so I'm, you know, and so that's something that I think they have always thought about because I do think this, this staff is um, similar to Bruce Weber, um, but in a different approach, they're careful. They're not going to do things that are going to put them in jeopardy and, and, and uh, cause them to, you know, miss out on a tournament or whatever could happen in the future. So, but yeah, with Day Day, it just it just accumulated to the to the visit. They he loved the visit. You know, he got to play two K with the guys. He told me he connected with Marquise Noel uh, really well, and um, it was funny because yeah, at, in Kansas City uh, EYBL, I'm talking to him after one of his games. Um, a tough loss for Mac Irvin Fire, but he was still willing to talk to me, which was awesome. And I hadn't been able to get reach him probably because, you know, he's entrenched in EYBL. I hadn't been able to reach him since his visit. So I was like, oh, I got to talk to him about his visit. So I'm like, what, what did you think of K-State? And his first answer is like, you know, it was great. I really liked the, you know, campus, the love the staff showed me. Can't wait to get up there. And so, <laughs> uh, and so I was just like, okay, well, yeah, I think this is uh, a real deal. So I kind of like stuttered and asked him a few more questions. And then I was honest i was like well, shoot i didn't really know it was a you know done deal already for you so i'm happy to hear it and uh soon after that well i guess you know uh it took a week and a half later he he announced his commitment and it was a month after his his visit and i'm sure he you know told the staff probably even before he told me i mean i i I'm not that important. So it's like, uh, I do believe that's uh, something, you know, he told the staff a while ago. I think Jerome Tang just held off on his little, uh, his little cat signal until 30 minutes before the announcement and uh, away we go. Yeah. I, I think uh, he, he maybe learned a little bit from Taylor Bratt, getting the fans a little bit uh, anxious and wound up. Uh, before we go but into you get on KSO, you don't have to get anxious and wound up because you can see usually who who's getting picked. But, that that yeah. is true. I, I I do want to give you guys a shout out. I feel like every time there was a signal, I think maybe one time it caught you guys off guard. Otherwise, it's like, oh yeah, we know who this is, and like you'll hint at it. You'll you'll tell us again. Everyone knew that Day Day Ames was going to be a cat. Basically, you know, two weeks ahead of the time because of yeah. you connecting with him at the EYBL event down there in the stockyards in Kansas City. 
Before we move on, one other thing about his recruitment I want to touch on is specifically beating Illinois, not only for the number one kid in Chicago, but the number one kid in Illinois. Uh, Again, Brad Underwood, there's the optics. And again, going in there and grabbing that type of guy, a guy they wanted badly, beyond just what sort of player it is, what sort of signal does that send not only to K-State fans, but the basketball world about the recruiting uh, prowess that Tang and company are going to have? You know, this staff isn't afraid and they're very confident when they make an offer and they really want a guy. And I think that's what I'm I'm realizing. Um, Not that the last staff wasn't, and I know that's the thing. It's not here I am comparing the two staffs because everyone loves to do it. I don't really like to do it. But anyway, um, I think that's the thing is they just – they just were diligent. I think that's really what it comes down to. I think they, they, Jerome Tang and his staff showed day, day from day one, even before he got on campus, that, that they're, they're, that they're going to be there for him. And I don't know if Brad Underwood did that enough because had Brad Underwood recruited him to the level that K state recruited him um, and, you know, kept in constant contact, calling him every day, maybe that was happening. I don't know for sure, but I just assume the personalities of Jerome Tang and his staff resonated with Day Day Ames and his people, his family, you know, because I just I just think when you're, when you're from Chicago, Day Day's from Chicago, you know, urban area. I think Brad Underwood gives off more of a, a rural vibe and Jerome Tang gives off more of an urban vibe. And I think that can come down to where things play in his recruiting as well. I mean, it will be interesting to see. Um, we haven't seen, you know, many uh, country kids get offered like Dean Wade yet from uh, from Jerome Tang. I mean, but I, I know they're also few and far between and not that Illinois and Brad Underwood don't go after, you know, uh, the really good city kids in, in different uh, cities. But this is a notch on Jerome Tang's belt right away. And he's top 50 player. And I think think it's even more impressive because Brad Underwood has been recruiting him for longer than Jerome Tang I think has I mean Jerome may have you know kept tabs talked to him here and there at Baylor but didn't recruit him and had an offer for him until he got to K-State in this spring so he beat out I mean Illinois and other local area play uh colleges like Marquette uh, that had been in on him for, you know, over a year, and given, you know, the recruiting attention. And then I don't know what happened at the end for Jerome Tang just to stand out so much. It's probably because, I mean, we've been around him. We've, uh, you, we've all, all fans have seen uh, the way he spoke at, um, you know, his first press conference. The guy resonates confidence and, not many coaches in the country, I don't think, can even speak like that to a group. Uh, it's just, it was really incredible to see. It was really an astonishing moment when he did, you know, have that kind of a, a presence. And I think that presence is felt on the recruiting chair too. We want, like, I'm not going to discount what Jareem Dowling, Yurik Malagi, and what Rodney Perry will do down the road and, and Marco Bourne. But Jerome Tang is the catalyst for this. And it's because of his, I mean, just really amazing presence with kids with anyone really he just can connect with anyone it seems like definitely and again you know 
not only those schools you mentioned, but you look at Michigan State, Notre Dame, Maryland, maybe not Maryland as much, but, you know, Michigan State, Notre Dame, if you look at, I mean, they make Chicago their home. So, again, beating those teams, it's amazing. Let's go to his ranking because Rivals has him as the number 46 uh, player in the nation. We talked about this. This is the biggest recruit uh, ranking-wise since, uh, you know, Wally Judge back in 2009. Uh, We haven't seen – what that's pretty good <laughs> yeah I, I mean it, it, it's awesome so is is this maybe something and it's a loaded question but again top 50 guy uh worthy of all the celebration i believe but is this like a recruit that maybe like we can expect one of these a year you know a top 50 guy or you know maybe hey even a second one like I, what sort of expectations are you kind of putting on this staff to grab a guy of this caliber you know year in year out yeah that's a great question and a tough one to answer at this point without a barometer of what they've done at k-state yet but um it has to be asked and i think i think they're capable of once in a while grabbing two top 50 guys in one class i don't know if We'll see. The day they get a five stars, the day I'll be really extremely impressed. I mean, that like that's I mean, I guess was that I guess Wally Judge was the last five star too that that K-State landed. And yeah, what I, they've I only believe yeah. he was a five star. He might have yeah, been he was. just on the okay. He was like 18th in the country and he was a five star. I know some 18s are four stars, but uh and that that was back when ratings were a little different as well. Yeah, so the top 25 in that year were all five stars. Yep. Which, I mean, I don't know if I can count off the top of my head. There was only three, right, in the history of K-State, Wally yep. Judge, Michael Beasley, and Bill Walker. Bill Walker, correct. Yeah. So I, <laughs> that would be just astonishing whenever, if, if and whenever um, Jerome Tang and his staff can land a five-star. Um, and I think, down the road it's possible but I'm not going to step there and say oh that's going to happen um every year I would say if that happens it'll probably happen once every five years he's able to grab one five star if if it can happen that's I I shouldn't even be talking about that kind of thing until we see it happen but but that's the, the kind of presence that I think you know he brings and 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 in his mind in the coaches coaching staff's mind they can I think can do it they can get there at some point um, they just got to land them and they landed a, a four-star top 50 kid in day-day Ames. I think they can probably land two top 50 kids, maybe every other year. If I'm being, you know, bullish. And I think, uh, I think they can, you know, I mean, it's, it's not crazy for, to see K-State in the past, um, land four stars, even multiple four stars in one year. We've seen it with Bruce Weber. We've seen it with coaches, coaches in the past, Frank Martin, um, so I think that's something he can for sure do is, you know, get a couple of top 100 kids at least in the program um, maybe every year. So you were able to see him play at the EYBL event down there in the uh, Stockyards area, the West Bottoms area at High V Arena. What sort of game does he have? And then uh, I'll, I'll have a follow-up to that. Sam, I'm trying to learn not to ask two questions in one, so – I'll, I'll wait to kind of hear your your evaluation of his game before asking the next one. 
now that makes me think that I've been missing your two questions, your two part. No, no, questions. no, no, no. Because, no. because <laughs> basically, and and I'll say it just because you know, hey, it's Bosco's boys. This is what we do. I was gonna say, and then also, what what does it say about him being able to carry such a big weight with his team in the EYBL? Because again, not to yeah. throw a lot of shade, but if you look at you know some of the talent that they faced up in Kansas City. You know, there were teams with multiple top 150 guys, yeah. like, you know, three or four power five type guys. I'm not sure who the second best player on his EYBL team was. So I was basically asking, you know, and, and what does it say about him being able to shoulder all that weight in some of these events? So you you haven't missed anything. It's just, again, a double loaded <laughs> question that I'm trying to break no, myself a habit of. And I think that's all encompassing with this, this, uh, this answer that I'm going to give. And I think I'll start with your second question because <clears throat> I do believe Mac Irvin fires an okay team. I have really focused. I, it makes me want to go look at who maybe like their, their next best player is like from an offer standpoint. Um, but I haven't kept track of that. I assume, I don't know if anyone else on the team has a high major offer. Um, so that kind of gives you an idea where it's at, but they're not bad, but when it, when they are facing the teams, like you said, that are on the EYBL circuit this year, they look they can look pretty poor at times because they, it's just stacked. It's just absolutely stacked. Houston Hoops is an incredible team um, with uh, Joseph Tuller, who's heading to Houston, and a lot of other uh, you know high major players on that squad. Uh, Amir Ali, who's a 2024, who's you know incredible already. Uh, JL3 Elite is an incredible team. K-State's going after a couple of players on that team, like RJ Jones and Zayden High. Um, and then and then I also want to point out um, Chris Paul's team because that's got five stars galore on that team. Uh, Aiden Holloway, who's a 2024, um, the best player in the country, and Gigi Jackson. And um, I, I – uh, I forgot his name, but he's a kid going to Kentucky, a guard going to Kentucky, who's incredibly, incredibly good. Um, I think Robert Downington. Um, so anyway, you when you consider all those things and other teams like Bronny James's team is, you know, running EYBL as well. They're playing all these teams so they can look, you know, under, you know, under under staffed they don't have enough players they don't and day day is the only guy that really has a flashy flair to him the only guy with high major offers galore uh, a top 50 kid and you know he tries his best but defenses crash on him majorly during uh during the eybl session so i do believe um you know during his high school at kenwood academy i'm sure this senior season he's gonna you know have a riot because i think that team is a lot better you know, a lot more uh, top tier Chicago, you know, talent on that squad with him. But uh, he, we still got a great example of what he is when watching it with Mac Irvin fire tight handle. I think his handle is one of the things that stands out the most to me and his shiftiness with his handle. Um, you know, he loves to, he loves the crossover. He loves going between the legs to really shake defenders and try to get by them or, you know, hit them with the step back. Um, I think he's really he's solid in the mid-range. He's not afraid to take mid-range jumpers, which I think is, you know, an underrated <laughs> an underrated uh, aspect of basketball nowadays. People don't use it enough, and when it is used, it can be pretty useful because I think sometimes defenses aren't looking to defend that as much. 
And so he's a three level scorer for sure. When he gets in the paint, you know, he doesn't have the size, but he has the ability and uh, the creativity to, you know, use English off the class, have incredible reverse layups using his right, where he looks like he's about to lay it in with his left and swing it back around with his right. He is a lefty as well. So that's impressive to see that he's able to finish with both hands with ease. He's got the Euro and sidestep in his game when he's going down the lane. And of course, you know what, what basketball has been all about for the past five to 10 years, it feels like is that three point jumper. And uh, he's got that in his bag as well. Um, I think he's best off. I think he's best from deep off the catch. And I think most players are, I think that's, you know, an easier jumper when you get the ball right in your pocket and you can take a shot right away. But he's, but he's still solid off the bounce um, from both deep and mid-range. Um, and I think I like the fact, though, he, he's an attack, he does like to attack the glass. He's not always looking to shoot the jumper unless it's, uh, it's open for him and he's you know, done enough moves to where he feels like he can hit that step back and, and nail the, the mid-ranger. But he likes to get to the glass. He likes to get around his defender. And that's why uh, at this EYBL level, you can't really see it showcased every time down the floor because he's getting hounded because defenses can just go double and triple team him when he's trying to get down the floor. So he has to pass. He's not unselfish. He doesn't try to get through guys and, um, you know, make a, a, a dumb shot. He is looking for open players and he sets up those players for threes a lot. So that's another thing is if he had more talent around him on that team, they'd probably be a lot better because, he's either getting ISOed because the players around him um, are so good that they can't help off or they're helping off. And there's a three point sniper, you know, that's able to hit, um, you know, every once or twice, uh, you know, down, you know, in a, in a half. So I just think that that is an aspect that you have to consider, but he's a fun player to watch defensively. He's uh, he, he needs some work. He's not physical at all. Um, we're so, we're so used to Marquise Noel and, um, you know, it, that's the thing is it doesn't take, it doesn't take, um, height and technically size to be a really solid defender. Marquise Noel, obviously is going to have his downfalls from time to time being five, seven, but he's a pest. We, we know he can get his hand on the ball. He is, you know, all over, uh, ball handlers when he's out there. Day Day's not there yet. I would like to see him get to that kind of level where he's, um, you know, strengthens up and becomes more of a hound when he's when he's on the ball. But um, I would say off the ball, he's solid. I think that's the thing is he's not a lazy defender. He's looking, he's keeping his head on the swivel. He, he knows where to, you know, keep his guy at bay and then also look to see where the ball is. And if a, a ball is tipped, which I think we see, will see a lot of under Jerome Tang, um, with the length that he likes to possess in the front court, I think that's where he can be really advantageous, find tip balls with his head on a swivel, and then start the fast break right away. Yes, for sure. So we're starting to get a picture of Day-Day Ames. He, he's going to be playing up in Chicago for his senior year before he comes to Manhattan next summer. Now the kind of question and where K-State fans are starting to look to is, okay, what's next? Uh, we, we don't even have probably the final roster for the 2022 team, so we don't even know how many high school guys are going to bring in, how many sl slots are going to leave open 
for transfers, but as someone who is entrenched in this, what are some names that K-State fans should keep an eye on? I know Day-Day has his heart set on trying to <laughs> recruit over a uh, five-star uh, you know, center, but it sounds like he might be playing for Muscleman's G League team out in uh, Arkansas <laughs> with some of the money they're throwing around. But what, yeah. what are just some names that might be joining Day-Day in this 2023 K-State class, Jerome Tang's first full recruiting class? Well, and I'll start with Bayfall because I don't want to get anyone's hopes up because I, I'm, it's not there yet or anything. But it is cool to see Day Day say that like he'll, he's already been trying to talk to Bayfall and try to get him um, lure him to K State with him. And why wouldn't you? Um, but I'm also not convinced that I mean, it's, it could be possible. But I'm not convinced Bayfall is necessarily ready to you know commit anytime soon. I do think he's probably maybe does enticed with what uh, Arkansas brings to the table. But um, I don't know if that's a done deal quite yet. It, it very well could be, but uh, I just think we shouldn't put it to rest until we see Bayfall put out like, oh, I'm, I'm announcing next week. If he's announcing next week, then I'd say it's probably Arkansas. If it goes for a little while, then maybe other teams can get involved like K-State. Um, but uh, I would say RJ Jones is a player I really like to see. I've been watching him on uh, the EYBL circuit with JL3. I mentioned him a little bit ago. He's a guard that is really smooth, handles the ball, uh, can shoot really efficiently um, and off balance too. Really good shooter off balance. And he's a, he's a bigger guard too. Like he's, he's thicker. So he can really, you know, get through the lane and use his body to, you know, finish layups and stuff like that. Um, I, I would say uh, that's someone to keep an eye on. He's got, you know, some other, other obviously high major programs coming after him. Yep. But um, I going think off uh, his rivals yeah. program or profile would be another matchup with Illinois and uh, Notre Dame, Missouri looks to be involved TCU and Texas tech, uh, Texas A&M down there in the Texas area. So this is uh, where you'd, you'd be crossing your fingers for Yurik Malagy to kind of get on the board of, you know, getting one of his guys on, on the Absolutely. squad. You know, we got, we got Jareem because like you said, Jerome Tang is going to be the catalyst, but you got to think there has to be a little bit of competitive nature. Jareem just got his blue chip guy. It's time for Malagy to go get a, get, go. Absolutely. Get Absolutely. Because it would be a similar situation too. How you know uh, Jerome started the relationship with Day Day. Jareem helped foster it. RJ um, is was a you know one of the first offers from Jerome Tang, um, just like Day Day, one of the first offers after getting uh, the job. And I do think you know it's that area where Malagi will definitely uh, be the one to help foster that relationship. So yeah, they really want to get him on campus. And uh, I think Notre Dame, Colorado, and Oklahoma are three teams that recently offered that are for sure in it. Oklahoma State is a team that offered a while back that's still in it. Um, and then he's visited Cal and Boise State. So it's interesting to see that. Uh, it'll be interesting to see who he decides to visit. I do think whoever he visits in the fall will have the best chance to land him. And then uh, I would say Connor Dubsky is another guy out of Virginia. That's a, that's a Jareem Dowling recruit um, who is actually the catalyst for him. But Jerome jumped in soon after to really uh, help build that relationship. And they really like him and he, he's pretty attainable. I, I do believe um, not a lot of high majors have made a move on him besides Maryland. Um, UCF is going to, 
that like that they he told me that UCF's going to offer him when he visits that program, and then Wichita State's another team he hears a lot from. So I I feel like he might you know have visits lined up for K State at some point. He hasn't lined them up yet. He's gonna wait for a couple weeks. But uh, K State, um, uh, Maryland, Wichita State, UCF, and then if he if he has a fifth one in mind that he wants to take, he might take it. Um, and then uh, I would say I'll, I'll throw out a third one in. Mohamed Diobate, I think is how you pronounce his name. He's a really talented wing. Um, and I think he's an ex- – actually, I want to throw out one more after this. But Mohamed Diobate is a really talented wing um, out of Connecticut right now. He plays for PSA, you know, Putnam uh, Science Academy. Really good player, long, lanky. He's exactly the kind of player that K-State wants um, in the front court on the wing, you know, and could probably play the four for Jerome Tang here and there as well just a really solid player um, at six, seven long. And uh, I, I don't think he has many weaknesses to his game. He can shoot. Uh, he can really defend. He, he's all over the place. Rebounding's really a big asset of his. And then uh, I'll go with a fourth. I want to throw out is a San Diop because he did put out his Bay Falls buddy from Denver, Colorado, by the way, but a San Diop did throw out a top eight recently with Arkansas involved. And some other teams, I think like Georgetown and um, probably Auburn was thrown in there too, I assume, because they visited. But I can't think of his top eight off the top of my head. But K-State is involved there. So um, I'm not getting my hopes up. I'm not going to bump him all the way up to, you know, top five in my uh, big board. But he was 20 in my last big board. So he'll go up a little bit, um, I think, just for the fact that he's obviously keeping K-State involved. Throwing out a top eight right now means – He's not really, you know, close to a decision. I doubt he probably wants to take maybe five visits in the fall is my guess without um, talking to him. And uh, I mean, if I threw out a fifth, I I think they would want Garrick Normand, you know, K-State legacy. Uh, But that one's tough. It's tough to read right now. I don't know where he's going to visit in the fall. Hopefully we can figure that out in the next week. Um, But he's got some really good options when he's already visited Missouri, Texas, Wisconsin. Um, this summer, you know, so he's obviously trying to spread, spread to like all the, all the power six or seven, you know, whatever you want to call it, um, programs in college basketball. And, uh, he's obviously, you know, I, I, Wisconsin's always going to be a tough team to beat. Texas is always going to be a tough team to beat. And Missouri hasn't been a slouch, you know, since Dennis Gates has taken over there in Columbia. And you know what? Again, I, I'm I'm pumped that we have Jerome Tang, but a lot of people tried to call me crazy when I was saying Dennis Gates should be on K State's hot board. Um, so you know, no, again, I yeah. hate Missouri. I hate Missouri, and you know, I I it's I don't know if I want him to succeed to kind of pump myself up, but I think he's going to be pretty salty at Missouri. I One think day, so too, and I think he was. Uh... I think, I think he was, was interviewed by K-State. I think there were some talks early, and I think that he had his sights set on somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, actually, I, I I think, and and I'm pretty confident in saying this, I think he thought he was going to be involved in a couple other searches that he wasn't involved with. I think he had his hopes kind of set on a couple of programs that maybe didn't open, and then he kind of took the opportunity to get to Missouri 
when they struck out on their first couple of guys. But I, I think that's going to be a good get. I'll throw so uh, this name out there. I mean, K-State has a great history with Justin Edwards. So, I mean, like, you know, I, I know it sounds like he might go to Kentucky, the number four player in the nation. But, I mean, you know, Justin Edwards was like an honorable mention all Big 12 guy for us once once upon a time. <laughs> Let's just run it back with a, another Justin Edwards. <laughs> I love Justin Edwards back in the day. And that was a, that was one of the, you know, athletic guys that they had that it was really skilled, man. He could do a lot with the basketball. He could shoot it. And then he also, I think, you know, his best attribute was, you know, slamming it down the defender's throat. So. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think we'll, we'll get in on him. <laughs> Unfortunately. But hey, yeah. I, don't, yeah. I haven't heard anything on Justin, the the current Justin Edwards. Yes. yes. Uh, coming to K-State. <laughs> well, you know, I, I say we like fax in like the transfer paper that uh, the, the first Justin Edwards did and like try to confuse the NCAA and be like, oh, so, <laughs> sorry, that's a signed piece of paper. You have to come to K-State now. Uh, that's funny yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well that's all i got uh tell all the folks what you guys got going on at k-state online here in july and then anything you got cooking up following k-state actually no 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 before we go i, I lied i, I want to ask you this one thing so uh desi sills is the only one not on campus right now but they've started their you know workouts i think they get eight hours a week with the coaches and then they get to be with the strength and conditioning and they've been doing mm-hmm. summer pickup and all that type of stuff so i just want to ask you what are you hearing from manhattan these days if, if you have a couple nuggets that you're willing to share yeah sure um they love keith noel i know that and i think you know the more they get around him the more they know that they love him so his personality how he plays on the floor um, it's hard not to love uh, what that dude brings to the table. Um, I, I mean, this is, you know, I put it out on Twitter recently, but Phil Bear, if that's how you pronounce his name, I actually don't even know. But Phil Bear is putting out uh, already some good results with a guy with Naquan Tomlin uh, coming in at 197, and he's already up to 208. Uh, I think with two months left, if he can, and that was in like, less than a month if he can put on another 15 pounds with two months left and get up to uh let's see 225 if he can get up to 225 range that would be incredible (laughs) that would be you know a massive a massive leap and show us that what this you know ex-missouri hurricane strength and conditioning coach can actually do and i think we already knew what he could do coming in just looking at his you know what he could do to those hurricanes down there but uh, I think he's going to be a really great asset to K-State. And um, because, you know, we talk about Tomlin, other guys in that squad also will need to bulk up. And Jarrell Colbert, who I'm sure is getting up there as well. Um, and even even uh, Ish, Ish Masood could use some uh, some weight to really help his uh, his game, his all-around game, I feel like. Um, and, and, you know, I feel like Ish Masood, just when we're on that note, I mean, I this isn't from a rumbling, but this is just – uh, my perspective, I feel like he gets underrated because he wasn't great in his first year at K-State. I think with a new look uh, and a new, you know, offense and stuff like that, I think he could be a huge asset. He was one of the – he still, I think, is a solid shooter. He might be the best uh, shooter in the front court right now, if you think about it, unless Tomlin can really be that guy. But I'm not convinced Tomlin's going to be – you know, a knockdown shooter. Whereas I think Masood, if you get him on the corner off the catch, I think he could become a knockdown guy still. Um, 
And then uh, what's what's the last little nugget I got? Uh, that might be it. That might be it unless it comes to my mind. Um, no, you're good. And that's also why folks need to uh, be subscribed oh, yeah. to K-State Online because, hey, you're, you're dropping nugs daily over there. Like we've seen the pictures. This is this is all this is just a known fact from the public. But like, look at Ty Key, Key Green. Like he's already looks like a, a stud with his body. I've never seen anyone quite have uh, the the biceps that he has already for a guard and at his length. It's pretty impressive. Um, and I'm he already came in, you know, bulked up. I'm sure, but he's already I feel like added a, a few pounds or two. Um, and then, um, yeah, I think, I think the, and Cam Carter, I think is going to be a key piece in any way, shape or form. He's going to be really key for next year when you consider K-State's losing, you know, Tyke Green, Desi Sills and Marquise Noel all in one season. So that's why I also I'll throw out, I think that they might take a transfer or two next year to, to replace, you know, that experience, but Cam Carter, I'm sure comes in and fills a giant role next season yeah for sure again day day Ames and cam carter i think they're gonna have a little spicy backcourt next year mm-hmm. and, and and again i i think you're gonna see transfers you know from now until the end of time so i, I don't think that's too crazy uh but yeah now back to what i what, what i was going to do before i cut myself off because i wanted to kind of get some of those little 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 uh morsels little nuggets of what you're hearing <laughs> in manhattan before you plug away what what you guys got going on over at k-state online the three-headed monster that is grant flanders dy and drew the kid you know dy does a great job of keeping us up on uh conference realignment all the time you know uh I feel like every day he's got a story out there just kind of not that he has a, t- because the uh, big 12 realignment phase, he really had, I feel like a bunch of information going on with that. Uh, the just getting fed to him, this realignment with it being more involved with PAC 12, I think, you know, as big 12 gets more involved, I think we'll get more and more information, but, but he's doing a really good job of just keeping everyone up to date. Um, with what's going on in conference realignment, what's the latest uh, around the country. Um, so uh, keep up with that. You know, Drew and D.Y. do a great job of, you know, tag teaming a lot of football recruiting. And, uh, you know, I try to help here and there. Um, talk to I talked to Adam Hopkins yesterday. Um, so be on the lookout for a story from him. Um, the recent, you know, wide receiver, 2023 wide receiver they offered since losing out on um, I, I don't know when this is going out, but they lost out on uh, Josh Manning. <laughs> yeah, so, so that'll be dropping uh, Friday morning, yes, if, if you're listening to this. And again, unless something super crazy happened, Joshua Manning is going to Missouri. Yeah, ex- exactly. And it, uh, that was a bummer. But that's the thing is, I will say Thad Ward is, uh, for just from talking with Hopkins, he's a, he's a stud recruiter and really knows how to connect with kids. Um and obviously, Josh Manning is about to commit to K-State. And I think uh, Thad Ward had a huge uh, influence on that. And then, obviously, uh, I mean, I don't want to get disrespectful, but Drinkwitz came in and swooped that up with a few sweet words. Yes. Um, but uh, whatever. And then Jacoby Lane, you know, he's he's visiting soon. So keep an eye out on coverage with that stuff because – they still have great options at wide receiver, even though Josh Manning 
is going elsewhere. So it is an exciting time with football recruiting. Um, you know, we covered basketball recruiting a bunch on this. I'll put up, put out a big board, you know, every week, um, trying to keep up with uh, who K-State's top targets are. And I've been, I used to not go so deep, but I've kind of just been going with 20 guys on the board lately, which is a lot for basketball. And at some point I think I'll narrow it down as, as uh, the year goes along. But uh, yeah, uh, it's a great time for football and basketball recruiting. So check out K-State Online for, you know, the latest uh, um, what's happening uh, with top targets as well as uh, nuggets here and there from team stuff. So appreciate you, Scott Wildcat. Yes, well, we, we love Flando here on Bosco's Boys. Again, we're about 48 days or maybe even less away from football or from football season popping off. Uh, actually, hold on. 10. Yeah, so we're like right at about 40 days until football season starts off. Basketball, we're only about three months and some change away from that first exhibition game. And I think we'll hear news about the first exhibition game coming here soon. The entire non-con uh, schedule dropped earlier this week. So it's great times over at K-State Online to be following not just football, but basketball as well. So I want to thank Grant for coming on with me today. I want to thank the Boneheads for another big time week. We got our July Q&A show that is dropping on Monday. Tuesday, I think I'm going to have a former K-State basketball player on the show. And here, here's a little hint. I think if it's, if it's, if, if what I have scheduled comes through, it is going to be one of the few people who have been involved, not only in the Frank Martin era, not only the Bruce Weber era, but now the Jerome Tang era as well. So stay tuned for that one on Tuesday. Michael Beasley. <laughs> no, it's, it's not Michael Beasley. Uh, Wednesday, hoping to have a member of the K-State football staff. Thursday will be the live show, and next Friday will be the Big 12 football dream road trip. This week we saw all of college football. Next Friday we'll have just the Big 12, and then we will be in Blitz Month where we go full-fledged into previewing the football season. So thank you, Boneheads, for another great week. I saved the best for last this week with Flando, and we'll be back (laughs) next week strong, five shows strong, just like this week. We love you guys. And if Grant Copeland were here, Grant KSU, he'd say, meet me at the Cathead. And Flanda would tell you to tell your friends. Get over to K-State Online. Hail to the purple. Hail to the white. Wildcat in spirit. Wildcat in fight. Hail alma from sea to sea, onward forever, hail victory. Ba-dum, 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 ba-dum. Fight, UK State Wildcats for alma mater fights. Glory in the combat for the purple and the white. Faithful to our colors. We will ever be a fighting, ever fighting for a wildcat victory. Fight, 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 fight. We face a wildcat for all the modern fight, 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 fight. Glory in the combat for the purple and the white. Faithful to our colors, we will ever be.
Podcast Network.